0: What's up, everybody? This is Andy Morales, and welcome to episode number three of the Jam Sessions Live. My guest today is Edward Racy. How are you, brother?
1: Doing great. How about you, Andy?
0: Yeah, I'm hanging in there, man. Just, you know, taking it one day at a time, you know? weather. Yeah, man, you know, because it's weather, man. It's like, you know, one day it's cold, one day it's hot, then it's raining, then it's cold again. It's like, Mother Nature can't make up their mind, I guess.
1: And it wreaks havoc on your sinuses. I'm like that. Terrible. Every day it's different. Yeah. But a pleasure word, to be here word. with you tonight.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm definitely honored to have you here, man. For real. So I guess um, we just go right away. So tell me, how did this all start for you? How did um, poetry start for you?
1: Oh, uh, well, writing started way back, you know, I think as so many others when I was a, ch- when I was a child, you know, just trying to, you know, make sense of. You know, as a teenager trying to make sense of things that were happening to me and, you know, and, you know, emotions that I was dealing with that I, you know, wasn't quite you know, sure how to deal with, you know, that, that I ended up, you know, turning to writing to get these, you know, these emotions you know, expressed and all that.
0: Okay. Okay. So, but like, so walk me through the process of your writing. Exactly. Like, is the, is it one of those situations? Like I'll tell you what, With like me, my mind just randomly just starts rambling and I just pick a piece of paper and just start writing. And sometimes I'm like, wait, What wh- did this come from kind of thing? Like, like, how does that, how does that look like for you?
1: Uh, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's that easy. You know, you can just sit down, pick up the paper, you know, get the computer start typing and it all goes smoothly. Um, Other times, I I actually go back and use old-fashioned notebooks and, you know, write in there and start from there and then touch it up, you know, once I get into the computer. But, um, yeah, the inspiration for me, sometimes it it goes and comes in waves and I just try to take advantage of it when it's hot, you know, and the muse is a funny thing, so.
0: No, I definitely agree, So When I would look back sometimes... At let's say two thousand five, two thousand six, and now it's, you know it's already two thousand twenty two, and I'm like, wow, you know, like this is interesting how sometimes our writing changes over time, you know. But it's interesting how we look back and we tell ourselves, "There, but this is how this is where I was when I wrote this piece, or this is where I was when I had this random piece of paper on a napkin or something, just started writing stuff, you know."
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I look back at stuff that I wrote, you know, in early or late nineties, early nineties, and the theme is, seems to be the same. Um, I just by far growth in, in the writing and how, you know, I've been able to, you know, grow as an artist, but um, the theme seems to stay the same, even though I look back at those and I'm like, almost can't make sense of what I was feeling. Like, I'm I'm almost like, man, it, it was like, I was so young trying to make sense of these feelings and the words don't quite translate like they do today. Like today, I can express it more clearly. Um, and it's, it's so interesting to see that because, I mean, it's, you know, 30-something years of writing, looking back on. Yeah,
0: I know, I hear you on that. And it's very interesting, too, right? Because I know, like, like there was a lot of things. I, I know for me, there was things I would write about that I'm like, wait, no one really talks about this. And then when people talk about it now, it's like, whoa, like, hold up a second. i I'm, I'm So is it really that I'm not alone kind of thing? You know, because let's be honest, I, at least when I was growing up, um, you know, when, you know, you grew up in a Hispanic household, you know, there's a lot of things that just wasn't talked about. Oh, we weren't yeah. allowed to talk about those things. Or when we try to discuss it with our parents, especially my parents, they, they it was all like, oh, it's just a phase. Or if you start expressing emotion and all be, like, oh, be quiet, you don't know what you're talking about. You're fine. And it's not a big deal, you know, so um. It's interesting that I look back to and like I, I see the community today and it's just like, wow, like if only these things were addressed, you know, mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, would it be different today or would it still be the same as far as like, you know, how people react to things, if that makes sense?
1: No, right. No. I mean, we've definitely come far over the last 30 years and got so far to go, obviously, but I think people are waking up, you know, and and they realize that everybody's got something going on, and you don't know what other people are dealing with, and you know just try to be respectful to everybody. Um, that makes sense.
0: No, it makes perfect sense. So, how did you um, like as far as the like the poetry community and stuff like that? Like, how did you um find out about it?
1: Um, if you don't mind, I'll go back a little bit further. Um, I first. Like you said, when we were write, writing, when you were young, you know, if we had the, like you said, if we had the community we had now, I wrote just for myself. I didn't share it with anybody else back then. Um, never expected to, um, when it wasn't even a thought, it was just, you know, just for me. And if there was that community today, I, I don't know if things would have, you know, I hope things would have been better. I might not have struggled as much because there is that comfort in knowing that there are people that relate. Um, but going back to what you said, your answer, to ask your question here, Um, the first poems I started sharing were on a website called Net Poets in like 1999. Mm, okay. So there was a, it was like way back and it was just, you know, send them in and he would put them on the site. And so you can still see that site today, um, netpoets.com for those who are interested. It's the founder passed away, but it's, they're still carrying it on. Um, so that was like the first time I shared. And then, I kept writing all on and off over the years. And then in like 2019, I met somebody at the flea market where I was working and we got to talking and she said, yeah, I'm a poet. I'm like, Oh, that's great. I'm a poet too. She's like, yeah, do you share your work? And I'm like, no. And she goes, you got to try Instagram. And I said, really? So thought about it for a few weeks. Then April, 2019, I made my first post and you know get your first post you get a few likes and that but I was happy to get any feedback and it was so encouraging that excuse me there were people that related you know to these words that I was writing so it was great to find that people were relating so it kept me posting and more and more people kept you know talking to me engaging and and everyone was you know for the most part so nice and it, it was just comforting and so if I had that when I was younger it might have been a lot more helpful and you know, I, I, for a couple of years there during COVID, it was a little tough. So I didn't share as much and was kind of dealing with, you know, things as a lot of people were, you know, it was very traumatic, I think for everybody. And, um, but now I'm, I'm back hopefully full-time better than ever.
0: No, I hear you on that. Yeah. You know, it's funny too. Cause you, I, I remember when COVID first happened, it was insane, man. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. when people started doing more lives. I noticed, um, um, and it's funny too, because it was legitimately nothing to do. I remember, I remember because I, I was doing security. I used to work in New York, and then now I, I work at retail. you know, I'm an operations manager now, but um, it's interesting how was it been like three years now, I think, already since the, the the whole pandemic took place and it's so crazy, right? Because yeah, I shut Like I've never experienced that in my life. And I remember when they shut that down. I basically uh, they told me, hey, uh, we don't really have anything for you, you know. You have to go home, and everything was shutting down. So a lot of people lost their jobs, and at that time, you know, I I was just getting into the poetry community, but it wasn't until my father passed away that I uh, just started posting, just like you, just posting, just because. And I was like, hmm, I don't know where I can post poetry, because you know, it's kind of hard because i don't know any websites but i mean other than what you just told me now but like i didn't know where to go about publishing and i said let me just try instagram since i I don't know where else to go and it's Mm -hmm. so funny the first time i knew about any community was um it was poets anonymous it was so weird i I was like Mm -hmm. i got tagged something one day i'm like what is who's tagging me in this and i thought it was one of those uh Oh, follow for follow BS. You know how sometimes mm-hmm. on Instagram people, oh, follow for follow for a thousand followers. I'm just like, what the heck is all this? I saw all these things and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's anonymous. I'm like, oh, okay, they went live and they recorded me. Oh, oh, okay, cool. They that was cool. And then I started following them. And then you know sometimes when you click on something, then it's um other ones that are just like that. And that, I think that around that time, that's when they started doing that whole relatable users or something like that and mm-hmm. that's basically how that whole community started but like little by little when COVID happened again the shutdown took place I noticed a lot of people going more like people were going live more more than ever mm-hmm. because it was nothing to do. I know some places were worse than others but it, it was just crazy because I feel like that's when people's true colors came out if that makes sense
1: Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I see that too.
0: And it was insane, especially in because um, I believe in God. I follow Jesus and stuff like that. And I around that time too, that's when a lot of pastors were kind of getting exposed to that was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Lent for one, that was one guy in particular that was very big. And then around that same time, that's when the George Floyd thing happened. And, and then it, it was just
1: insane. It was, you know? yes, it was very, very traumatic for, for society as a whole. And I don't know if we recognize that, you know, sometimes.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's just, oh, man. Because I look back now, I'm like, damn, that really was, like, legitimately, yeah, almost two, three years ago already. It's just like, wow, you know? And it's like, but I, I wonder, did that, like, has anything changed from that? It's, it's it's at least, you know, I don't know. That, that's how I feel sometimes. Like, this is stuff I think about as
1: well you
0: know it's um
1: Mm -hmm. no no i I get what you're saying like i was saying looking back at some of my writings before in the late 90s 2000 and then you have you know 9 11 and then that was another thing that was a total shift of consciousness for this this whole country and my writing definitely was different after that you know everything was different after that television shows you know all art everything all kinds of life yeah. has changed just just like they were by COVID and and I think that was traumatic too for for us you know as a as yes. nation obviously obviously it was but did we ever recover from that I don't know
0: yeah I, I wonder that too and I, I remember 9-11 too I remember I, I was in 10th grade I was during global history class and and people were just talking about it I'm like wait what what the, who did what and I think this is only when the first plane crashed, and then what's the second plane yeah. crashed, I was like, "Oh, okay, no, this is this is getting real here." What? What?
1: Yeah. it's just yeah, it
0: was- um, it's just crazy because it's like you said. It seems like every time there's a traumatic event that just comes out of nowhere, it, it, it just that's when people's perception of life starts to change. But I think my question is why? Uh, I, I guess you can answer this too. Like, why does it have to take? A traumatic situation to happen just for people's perception of things
1: to change? It's a very good question. I, it's almost like, are we just too comfortable in our lives and, you know, in our ways that we don't, and, and a lot of times we don't want to see things and we know we got our own lives going on that are so engaging and our own problems that it's just too much to tackle these things. And, and we just don't want to accept them. Is you know, sometimes I think it could be that, almost a denial
0: yeah that's true And I, I know denial could be very tricky too man because they'll tell us things that it'll come for us but then it's like when the reality smacks you then it's a whole situation where it's like damn okay so that's not what it was huh okay so um yeah it's it's, it's insane i tell you life is um very very interesting and sometimes life teaches us things that we don't really expect to be taught but then it's like wow you know
1: Yeah, yeah, sometimes you miss the lessons. A lot of it's timing. Yeah, oh my God,
0: definitely (laughs) timing. Oh, definitely timing, man. So I was going to ask if there was a piece you wanted to read.
1: Uh, sure. I have, I can read one I, the one I just posted a few weeks ago. I think got a lot of likes from people, so I'll read that one if you don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. All righty. This one is... uh, man in shadow by edward racy i am the man in shadow keeper of the night not a transparent apparition merely an illusion of sight a phantom born of the moon the suppression of its light i am the man in shadow an agent of doom no stranger to superstition draped in darkness and in gloom a specter born into the unknown the essence of death exhumed i am the man in shadow sleepless saint of insomniatic grief, not a mindless patron of faith, a tenacious crusader of belief. So if you care to offer up a prayer, send me a request for some relief. I am the man in shadow, for I never sleep. Wow.
0: Wow, that is, that's the, that's the, the bro, wow. Wow, like, how did, Appreciate it. this one came out of the fly, like, this is so, wow, man.
1: Um, I took that picture of myself. I don't know if, if you've seen the post itself. There's a picture of my yeah. shadow and I saw, I took that picture and then boom, that inspired the, the whole, whole thing pretty much.
0: Wow, bro. That is impressive. And it's so crazy because I'm looking at it too right now on the computer as we're speaking. It's so it's mm-hmm. Like, wow. Like, I love that. It has like a, um, I don't want to say Halloween. It's more like a, one of those movies I guess a scary movie theme to it. It's like, I feel like I was like, as you're reading it and I'm looking at the picture right now, like I'm, I feel like I'm visualizing like the whole, you know, Mm -hmm. thing that the person (laughs) is thinking about, you know, it's crazy, you know, and it's funny with chat. Cause chat, you know, it's funny. Shadows have a very interesting analogy as well. Like, like i'll give an example like when let's say you're hanging out with somebody for a long time and you feel like you're under that person's shadow like like the person doesn't have a shadow but you are the shadow of mm-hmm. that person and it it, it could be very overwhelming sometimes because i'm like okay hey i'm 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 here too but it's like there's this guy i mean i don't know maybe that's not a good example but like you know like right just, right right
1: that- almost like there's just somebody just a little bit better than you a little bigger than you and you can't quite get out of their shadow is that kind of what you're saying
0: (laughs) yeah there we go there we go and it's so interesting how like like just just hearing your piece you know it's like it brought me to that too because like especially what it says not a transparent apparition merely illusion of sight a phantom born um, i'm sorry of the moon the suppression of its light like that's very deep like that sentence right there it's very, very deep. I have to say, I am the man Thank in you. shadow. Like I, I love that man. That is so awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was I, the picture, and I was standing there. The moon was behind me, and you know, it, it just, you know, those words just came. They like I looked at the picture later, and I just remembered standing there with the moon behind me and all that, and that's how the first first was born. Stand. So I was gonna
0: these. say. Oh, wow! And I was gonna say, like the light, that whole light—that's the—that's the moon shining on you.
1: There might have been a light on too behind me, probably a light, but I, but I do think it was—I'm pretty sure it was the night of that that full moon, the the eclipse type thing. Ah, okay, okay. So right, it was like a yes. full moon. At, so I I can't remember if there might have been a light on, but either way, the picture looked cool. <laughs> word you know it's funny like if you really
0: like let's say if i see it not zoomed up but just like let's say when you see the grid if you really look at mm-hmm. the picture it looks like a person's face
1: oh well, i did not notice it i'll have to check that out
0: it's just i'm looking at that like whoa like is that like a ghost from my past kind of thing like that's the <laughs> way that's the way it's being. well right now like like i feel like that's a ghost of my past and it's following me like the shadow to kind of taunt me kind of thing, like, hey, you'll never get over this. You'll never get over me. Ha ha. Like, and I'm always gonna shadow you no matter what kind of thing. You know, that's why that's kinda of, that's
1: kind Absolutely. of Absolutely. No, but I like that. okay. Well I like that, no, no, go that you got a different oh, sorry, I like that you totally got a different uh yeah, like um perspective on it. Yeah, that's that I can see that too. That's a good A uh, good analogy that you got
0: word and i'm thinking that but maybe i can be that shadow too and maybe we don't know that we're that shadow for that person and, and we don't know that how much that person might feel or how uncomfortable that person might be going through some things you know because maybe we're absolutely. the one that's also the shadow of that person you know it's interesting you know so many levels we can take this piece
1: in absolutely absolutely absolutely
0: so I'm going to read a piece on my own, I guess, you know, the, um, something you wrote. And I just want you to see, uh, I want you to tell me what this came from. I, I, it's funny because I was reading this earlier and I really liked this piece a lot. Okay. So uh, the title of this piece, I believe, is called RSD, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Okay. So here it goes. Release me from the voice inside and testified this secrecy, lost frequency. Sever me from the curse within, my evil twin. Under blood, moon, moon, spirit immune. Detach me from the hell I know, this inferno burning alive. Demons survive. Bro, that is a very, very deep piece. And again, now it goes back to, you know, because I'm a kind of guy, like when I read something, I like to dissect it, how yes. it speaks to me. It is interesting, you know? I feel like you know especially like um how do i explain this where it's understood um so like i said earlier i do believe in god and, and i do follow jesus or at least i try my best to you know follow his ways and it's not an easy thing but mm-hmm. it's like there's this whole like spirit versus flesh thing going on if that makes sense like that's the way it spoke to me and it's like <clears throat> sometimes your flesh wants to do something but you know spiritually you shouldn't really do that. And it's like the voice inside your head tries to convince you, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, uh, why are you making a big deal out of it? And then I'm crying out to God saying, Lord, detach me. This, this hell I'm going through right now, like I know this doesn't mm-hmm. honor you, or does it? Physically speaking, I know God, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts you, not, not condemns you. Condem- condemnation comes from the devil, obviously, but it's just like, it's one of those things that when you're in that battle of war in your mind, it's like we don't know what the difference is. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And no, you don't know what is anymore.
1: hmm Now when you're in the battle, you can't see out sometimes and yet you don't know which way is which. It's it's frightening. Um no, it is. It is. Um yeah, that RSD, uh let's see the can't remember what the name was but it's three quatrains uh, eight syllables were in the first line and four for each and and each additional line so it kind of gave it a different kind of you know pacing than my normal stuff which which i'm trying to mix things up and try these different styles and different formats forms of poetry now so it was a little bit of a challenge but i liked it and it came out great i thought
0: yeah, no, I agree. I actually, no, cause I'm looking at it too. As again, like I, every time, like I said, like as we're speaking, I'm also looking as well, and I love that. It's like I love the symbolism behind that. Like just that picture alone, and then, like just the words you use with that picture, you know, as far as like to describe it, it's just so it's very powerful. I have to say. And in this one, you also came out the fly too, or this was like an experience. Like talk to me, talk to me more about like the experiences you you've gone through, you know, growing up and just even to this day.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, well the picture, first let me address the picture that was tagged. I was tagged by Maria, uh, La Poetess on Instagram. And, uh, so the, the picture, you know, I, I looked at the picture too. And then, you know, I kind of just try to relate, see how the picture kind of relates to me. And, um, you know, release me from the voice inside is about all the thoughts in my head, you know, the, intrusive thoughts that I don't want. And, uh, you know, how they just keep intensifying and you can't tell anybody. that's the secrecy, um, you know, and you lost communication because you can't tell anybody. Um, so that's kind of the section of, the, of that part of this one. Um, now going back to, to my, to like, my early writing, what, what caused me to start writing was I, I had a, it was a very um, tumultuous childhood. Um, I was, Forced to grow up, I guess, early because of my, the reality and the abuse that I had seen and endured, and um, I, I, and I was always kind of considered an old soul in that, that matter because I had to. I'd seen things that were beyond my years at a young age, and uh, then they have left a mark on me to this day. Obviously, it's, it's carried um, carried through. Um, you know, uh, everybody's got different different experiences growing up. So, uh, you know, some have it worse, some have it better, but you know, I knew my situation was a little different, uh, but it was like, all you know, it's all I knew. So to me, it was normal, normal that my parents were never married. You know, they never lived together. I was constantly um, going to different places, you know, because my dad was, in the, you know, he was very hands on father and he was always there. And so I was going between families, you know, back and forth, staying at aunts, uncles' houses. So I was in all kinds of different different situations. So I kind of had to learn how to fit into all these situations, you know, and at the same time maintain who I was at my roots. Um, Wow. So that kind of, I think, helped me, you know, grow up and with the experiences I had. Because I was seeing, you know, lots of aunts and uncles, you know, they were, because my mom worked three jobs, my dad was working, you know, even though they were never together. And I live <clears throat> with my mother, um, you know, it was just, I was always being watched by somebody because they had things to do and, you know, it, just, it was, it was interesting.
0: It's just, it, it is interesting. It's interesting to say what you said, too. You said something about, like, basically everywhere you go, you had to fit in. But isn't it crazy where, like, in my case, um, I mean, my parents were always together, you know, before my dad passed away, of course. But, um, but even though, see, with me, it was more like even though I had a parent, I had a brother and a sister, it felt like as if I didn't have one. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's like I was saying earlier about like my upbringing. Right. Because, again, like a Hispanic culture, there's a lot of things that don't get addressed, that don't talk about. Or it's one of those or oh, it just has to be understood. Like we, mm-hmm. we it just you, you have to just understand what we're talking about. And that's it. And for me, being the youngest, um, I had to deal with a lot of mental health stuff. Um, I was diagnosed Mm -hmm. with schizotypal personality disorder, which a lot of things were not really explained to me growing up. I just had to just put up with it and deal with it. That when, long story short, I basically rebelled against my dad and told my dad, I'm not going through this anymore. I'm not living on fixed income anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. want to feel less human because you want to try to control you know, how my life goes or just Because you take something that probably wasn't that serious and made it more than what it was and make me feel like I'm like the biggest scum in the earth. And I'm pretty sure like I look back now, you know, obviously I'm a father now. So it's one of those, you know, especially my dad, because my dad was born like in the islands, Puerto Rican, like (laughs) in the islands, stuff like that. So like that kind of stuff was not something he really understood. So he just did the best he could. And a part of me even growing up, like I understood that but I didn't agree with that. And Mm -hmm. I always felt like, well, you could have did this a certain way. Why didn't you just communicate with me whenever I asked you a question and you told me don't ask questions, don't do this, don't do that. And now to what you said about fitting in, to me, it's like everywhere I went, whether I was at school, whether I was at home, whether I was anywhere for that matter, it felt like I always had something to prove I always felt like it was one of those um how do I explain that like it was one of those like I had to fit in everywhere I could but the craziness about it is once I broke out of all that um basically the the realities that I had to face that no one really explained to me I ended up having to go through on my own, that when I needed a brother or when I needed a father or when I needed someone to talk to, I didn't have anything to talk to, where everything was just bottled inside. And I Mm -hmm. became angry, I became very to myself. And if I was comfortable with you, okay, we can have a conversation, but my trust was very, very small, considering the fact that my entire life, I always felt like if, if, if things happen bad in my house, then that means it has to be bad
1: everywhere. Mm-hmm. right right uh that makes total sense and, and like like i said i was in so many different situations and there were so many crazy things that i had you know seen in some of the places i would stay um you i'd seen places that were worse than mine so it was kind of like all right mine isn't that bad and then i'd seen you know normal houses you know and it, it's like okay well this is how this is this how it's supposed to be but you know your reality is only your reality like you said like when you when you break out of that and, and see stuff that you've been sheltered or have not been able to communicate, it, it's, yeah, it's it's alarming. And it's it can be alarming, but it also can be enlightening. So I guess you can look at it both ways. Yeah.
0: You know, no matter, in my case, right, like no matter how hard I try to fit in, it didn't seem to work. And then when I finally fit in somewhere that looked comfortable to me, I still felt out of place.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I, I think that's it's kind of normal too. And and like you said, you had that chip on your shoulder. You always felt like you had something to prove. And you know, I was an only child, um, but I you know I was I, you know that my parents weren't together. I think in a way I always was seeking both of their approval. You know, we always seek our parents' approval, of course. But you know, just the situation I had, it was you know, and and like you were saying, going back to you know growing up, and you weren't allowed to discuss things and. See, my mom was struggling too. And when you're a kid, you don't, you know, especially back then I didn't realize, you know, what she was going through. And, you know, I was, I would go to AA meetings like five years old. I remember sitting in here hearing stories, you know, crazy stories that people would, you know, that would be sharing. And uh, it's just like, I didn't understand what she was going through. And I don't know that she did either. And, you know, she was very abusive to me, unfortunately because of that, what Ooh. she was, you know, dealing with. And uh, my dad, on the other hand, didn't really talk about the emotional stuff. Wasn't, you know, he didn't understand. And one thing I do want to say is how proud of him I am is because he's grown over the years and he understands and he's, you know, he's always loved me for who I was, even though you know, my condition sometimes limits who I am. And I just wanted wow, to always say that, appreciate him for, you know, taking the time to grow and understand is very important.
0: No, I definitely agree. Um, it's interesting too, because, um, see, I, I never had that opportunity with my dad. Cause there was always like a language barrier between us. Cause he says CC he, Spanish and mm-hmm. my Spanish wasn't really that great. And now it's different, but like, Like, to try to explain to him how I felt was very difficult. And even when I got older, I guess that's why I felt, like, very resentful towards him for many, many years until I came to the Lord. And then little by little, I felt like God was taking me to a place where, okay, this is what it is, but I'm going to use this to your advantage type thing. And I was able to enjoy five years with him, even though um, when it came to simple stuff, yeah, we'll communicate. And then I remember one prayer I said, "Help me understand my father." I guess was one prayer I said to God one time. And then um, during his last years, especially his last year that he, even before he, we, we, he even found that he had cancer and stuff like that. Um, I don't know what it was. My cousin took me to like Planet Fitness, and we was just, you know, oh, you know, this is workout for me, whatever. They have the buddy system, and through mm-hmm. there. Um, I got inspired. I said, you know, maybe I should work. I don't want to always help my cousin. I said, let me, let me get my own membership. Zero down, $10 a month, get the buddy system. All right, cool. Right. And I know my father liked to exercise just because. I said, hey, dad, do you want to do this with me? You know, I go, I always go, because I, I used to work 10 to 6, so I always went after. Um, I always went after work. I said, hey, I'm going to do this on Wednesdays. Like, every other day, basically, I did it, you know, because I was kind of like, I just like to do it just to do it, to have something to do after work, but I didn't want to do it every day. I just want to do it every other day. And he would go with me, I think, every Wednesday and Friday he would go with me. And it was during those times that even I say, okay, we, we're, we're, we're walking to the Planet of Fitness because it's kind of like 10 blocks from where we used to live. Mm-hmm. And during those walks, like, he would start opening up about his life. Like, I didn't ask him anything. It was just like, oh, my, 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 my sister this, my brother this. And the same thing, coming back from the workout, we're walking and he's like, yeah, my sister this or or, or I went I, I did this at the hospital today or whatever and I'm just like okay, if this is the only way I can get to know my dad, then screw it. So if, I guess in that way, I think that's when I started to really understand my father better where okay, he didn't have any upbringing either. Mm-hmm. I started it felt like but, like, I wish you could have, like, sat down with us. Like, why? I'm thinking in my head, like, why did it have to take for you, for us to get older, where it was like, okay, like, I'm about to get married next year. I'm engaged. And it's just like, man, I need a bugger And then he died once <laughs> after, I, after he, I got married. So it was just like, okay, that doesn't help. Like, But yeah. I enjoyed the five years that I had with him rather than like the 20 plus years that I was alive, I guess. Oh, well, I'm 37 now, but you know what I mean?
1: All right. Well, no, that, no, that's great that you had those, those five years. And like you said, those five years should carry so much more weight than the 20 something, whatever, you know, years that weren't, weren't like you would have preferred. And like you said, it, it's hard to understand what people are going through. And, uh, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't know. And maybe he, you know, he didn't know how to communicate with you either, obviously. And he seems to have grown too at, there at that point and uh, was able to reach out, which is just, it's just awesome. It's awesome experience for you to have.
0: No, no, it's well, exactly. You know, to think back too, cause like, you know, I was talking to a friend about just, just civilization today, how it's changed so much. And in some cases, yeah, it's changed for the better, but I feel like it's changed for the worse, too, because I feel like the new the newer generation that's coming out now, I just feel like I don't think they're really going to understand what we've been through, why we went through what we want. I don't think they're really ever going to understand. And to me, that kind of makes me sad sometimes.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, like we were saying, 9-11, how that was traumatic. And then. Um, the COVID and younger kids won't remember the COVID as, as much as, you know, teenagers and that, but, and who knows how they're going to react from it. But I, I do, I, I think I'm guilty of spoiling my kids. And the reason I think I do is because it's almost like a guilt thing. And we had our chance almost like to leave this place a better place for them. And we didn't, even though it might not have been our fault, even though we were deceived, you know, by, so many different things. We've been through so many, you know, tragedies in this country, and and you know, just wrongful deaths, and, and it's it's traumatic for a society. And I, I just think we feel, I mean, possibly feel guilty, um, about why we've left everything. No, of
0: course, and I, I mean, to me, yeah, yeah, it's like you said, it's it's um. It's interesting, you know. Like again, like it's interesting how this life is just very. I don't know, man. I, I like it's like it's like it's like it's like a whole story telling, you know. Like we both well, one thing we're chilling, the next thing you know, oh wait, what just happened here? Right. Like what's going right. on, you know? And it just happens in a way where, and I, I think I, I think it goes by a quote where it said, um, "Life could only be understood backwards, but we have to move forward."
1: Right. Right, I believe I believe there's a Megadeth song with a lyrics someone similar to that. Yeah, life can only be a uh, lived in reverse. Uh, only only be lived forward, but understood in reverse. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's a good quote. Wow. I don't know. I know. No, we, I, I know. I, I butchered it, but
0: <laughs> no, I know what you mean. No, but I know what you were getting at. I get you. I get you. So uh, I guess what else I wanted to ask you was um, like how, so, with you know, basically the whole conversation we've had so far, how important is mental health for you and how important is it for you to, like, let's say when, you know, you get older, be passed on and stuff like that, I guess leaving your mark, leaving some kind of lasting impact to kind of like leave something behind after you, like how, how, how important is that for you?
1: Oh, it's very, very important. Um, almost believe that's my calling in this, in this life is to, you know, educate others, relate to others on the experiences that, um, that I've had and share what others have had and just try to make somebody's day better. Excuse me. You know, um, somebody's life better. I mean, that's everything really. It's, um, it's honestly why i'm still writing because people say hey i feel you i feel this um i know this pain you know i know this experience that's what keeps me sharing i mean i'll always keep writing but honestly that's what keeps me sharing this this community and uh the fact that other people are out there that can understand and relate it's because mental health it's 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 a non still an ongoing battle for me and it always will be i you know, diagnosed depression, I think around age 20, but I know I, you know, I'd had it since probably 13, 12 even. Um, it was just one day, one day, just something switched, changed in me. It was, it was, it was sudden and I felt like almost the darkness come over me and it's really never left, but, uh, I don't know. It was, it was weird. It's a weird, weird experience, but
0: but you know it's, uh... what's crazy too like the crazy thing about that especially depression because my sister uh for a long time i remember suffered with depression as well and i think now it's to a point where even though you know it's, it's some aspect she's in a better place but now she has to take medication for it and stuff like that and i remember i struggled with depression here and there but it's not bad for me where i had to take medication but when i was younger i did not anymore but mm-hmm. it's just crazy how the it seems like, like just like cancer, depression does not care about anything no. or anyone. And when it comes, it just shows up and that's it. And I guess what gets me mad about that is like when other people because um, they used uh, there was someone I used to talk to on Instagram. Um, I'll just keep her name anonymous. Just, you know, respect for privacy and stuff. But like people would get on her about depression and stuff like that. And I would have this conversation with her saying, Well, depression is not something, it's not like a light switch. You can't just turn it on and turn it off whenever the fuck you want. Like and I think that's what gets me mad sometimes that people have that mentality. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. depression doesn't mean that you're sad. I mean, it's more than that. It's more severe stuff that it's more severe than that that we don't even understand ourselves. So for you to just tell someone to get over it, it's not that big of a deal like that gets me mad cuz you can't just not you know you can't just turn it off whenever you want it doesn't work like that
1: absolutely right uh, i used to get upset by that people that would say that but i uh, i've learned you know just got to tell yourself these people just don't understand they don't have the experience they've never you know cuz it's it doesn't it just doesn't help to get frustrated but it is but it is frustrating you know it's it's just kind of like a dismissive way of addressing somebody's problems. Um, those are clearly the people that you don't want to uh, confide in because they yeah. obviously just don't have the advice and wherewithal the depth to give it. It's yeah.
0: No, I hear you. Unfortunate.
1: I mean, I, I I'll tell people, you know, if you reach out to somebody and they don't answer back, don't stop reaching out because that just what meant that wasn't the person for you. You, you know, someone's there going to be there to listen. You just, Got to be strong enough to keep reaching out.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's actually pretty, you know what? And I, you know, what's funny because I, when I was younger, and stuff. You know, again, I'm getting into the world. I'm meeting friends here and there, or people who I thought were my friends. And it's true, like you said, like when we reach out to somebody, hey, you want to hang out, whatever, or hey, I just want to talk to somebody, and then they don't pick up or they're not available. And you know, one thing about me, I always had a bad habit of. I thought people were perceiving bad thoughts about me, kind of thing. So when they never paid for the phone, I'm like, okay, he, I probably did something wrong, or they just didn't want to be around me, and like, oh, why can't you just be honest with me? But then the problem with me, I think, is sometimes I would take the frustration out on the person to the point that was not the case. I was like, oh crap, I messed up, and now we're not even friends anymore, kind of thing. Right. And. To me, I, like, that was something I struggled with a lot because if, let's say, the person didn't pick up the phone or didn't pick answer the text, I failed to realize that, like what you said, you know, um, the fact is, hey, maybe that person just wasn't meant to be the person to reach out to. But mm-hmm. that was my problem. I used to stop. You're saying, no, don't stop. Just keep going. Right. And I absolutely. think that's very important.
1: No, Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, I there's people I've reached. It's, you know, from my experience, I've reached out to people and like you said, you'll get different responses. Sometimes you just get ignored. Sometimes they say, I'll oh, get over it. Sometimes they'll say you'll feel better tomorrow. Um, and I used to get upset by that. But now I realize that these people aren't just they're not the person that's ready to handle this and or just got to keep going, keep looking for somebody. Somebody there will, will be there to help. No, definitely.
0: But then I always wondered, too, like me being like a spiritual person, I'm mean, why? but God, why would you allow this to happen if we're supposed to, like, you know, come to you kind of thing? But why is it when I pray something, it doesn't go away? That I, I just think it's a process and a progress you have to go through, but it's like, did you create this? Like, well, what is this? I, I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to get that answer, uh, that question answered, but, like, this is something I think
1: yeah. about sometimes. Right. Yeah. No, oh, I understand. It's um my I, I get that. My uh experience with religion was I was um my dad's family's Jewish. I was born and baptized Catholic. Um then my mom actually married a Christian fellow man who was very abusive, you know, just very very nasty, horrible man. And unfortunately that kind of spoiled organized religion for me and kind of spoil, you know I do believe in higher power I do believe you know the story of Jesus I you know I don't know you know how how it all really I don't you know believe not sure how it all relates and how it's been interpreted over the years I think a lot of it's been you know misinterpreted and changed but unfortunately yeah that, I mean as far as organized religion that kind of ruined it for me um never been back to church really since wow but like I, said, no, I, I do believe i, get, I am yeah. very i am very spiritual i do believe in higher power higher force you know I, I, and i just i don't nobody has the answers let's be honest um there's so many questions i think we all want to know nobody has the answers unfortunately
0: yeah, no, it's true, and it's like um, you know, it sucks too. About oh, you said something very important. I think this doesn't get talked about a lot. It's the whole like the fact that it's in your case it took one person, and a situation, that now it ruined it for you of anything possibly like that. But I want to know what this is all about because I, I haven't been in church since twenty twenty because of the whole pandemic thing, and also because mm-hmm. I, I used to live in New York, and now I live in Jersey, and it's like my main issue, especially with everything that's gone on in the last three years with these mega churches and stuff like that, you know, to me, it's hard to just trust a place when people have gone through church hurt like that. That's something Mm -hmm. that's very common that a lot of people do not talk about, unfortunately. And mental health definitely plays a role in that because when you're going through so much, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and you don't really understand it. And it's like, to try to find the answers to certain things as to, like, it's not really much of why, I guess, much of what is going on, or how is this happening kind of thing, is really what the question is. Mm-hmm. And it sucks, I had friends that, um, like, they'll go to church once in the blue moon, but it's nothing crazy. But there's people who go church hopping because of church hurt. Like, they don't go back to that one church, and then it's like, okay, now nah, I, I, I don't believe anymore, or they just stop going on completely. And I think the main, what people don't talk about is, you know, because I was always, told, okay, well, who are we here for man or for God? Right. Mm-hmm. But then the argument, addiction also be, well, even though you say that, but what about like the person that hurt me? Okay. I'm going to be uncomfortable now because mm-hmm. this person is in the same building as me or a situation played out in this church in the same place as I do, I am. And it's like, okay, but I'm going to be very uncomfortable. I It's going to be hard for me to really praise you and worship you if I'm uncomfortable in this place.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think
0: part of that people will understand is, you know, the church is not just the four walls. It's really outside of that. But again, when something or someone ruins that opportunity for you, how, how, do, how are we supposed to, you know, deal with that? How are we supposed to change the perspective of that? And I think that's what the thing that, I like you said, a lot of people don't really talk about this thing.
1: Oh, yeah. I, you know, yeah. Sometimes I do get, like, when people start telling me it's like, hey, uh, you ever, you know, think about going to church and this and that and you know, hand me the flyer. And it's like, I always go, do you want me to, want to sit down and hear my stories? You know, I, I always think that in my head. I go, "If you maybe if you sat down and heard my stories, you know, you would you would understand but i respect what you know i respect everybody's beliefs i mean i don't think like i said i don't have any of the answers we, i don't no, think I anyone really does um
0: no i hear you on that but I, I think you said something very important that right there and you just said the the main key thing that you just said right now was um this the whole listening part i think that's what it is we're so quick to be hey jesus this or god this but my question is, how about we just sit down and let, let me hear your story. I, I want to know what you've been through. I want to know what it really is. Like, okay, like, yeah, I, I'll listen to you to what you have to say. But can you hear my story first, too? You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what Absolutely. it is. I feel like if a lot of us just shut up more and listen more, I think something could, could great could come out of that. And I think that's the problem also in religion that, like, We're so stuck on the belief system in that structural way that it's like we don't want to always hear anything. And I think if we just listen more and be quiet more, I think it will make a big difference, in my opinion.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You just, uh, yeah, you get both people. Some people just like to listen. Some people like to talk. And some people can do both. And it's kind of, I think, goes back to that finding that person that's gonna that you're gonna you're gonna have that balance with. I mean, some people. There's some people that I, you know, that I have relationships with where I just let them, I let them, you know, unload on me. I listen to everything they have to say. I don't share, you know, they don't ask, I don't share back. Um, and then there's other ones where I unload on people and they're there for me. And there's some where we, you know, go both ways, give and take. And you know that it's important to have all. I think all, all three of those in your life it remains balanced. No, I, you know.
0: No, of course, of course. I, I feel you on that one, man.
1: It keeps you listening to people and it keeps you talking and then, you know, you have your people that you go both ways with and talk back and forth. No,
0: I definitely agree. Definitely agree with you on that. Okay, so that's very interesting. Um, I definitely agree with you what you just said. So I think, you know, we're going to start putting this into a close. Um, I would, if you want, I would like for you to read another piece. And we could talk about the piece as well.
1: Okay. Alrighty, here's a, here's one I've never posted before. So this is a premiere, never been shared. It's called uh, Emotional Vampires, A Pain in the Neck by Edward Racy. I was feeling weak and fatigued. I felt no love inside of me. A broken will left my soul diseased. An open wound forever meant to bleed. I was feeling low and ashamed, a wall of guilt pulled up inside of me. Poisoned mind left to take the blame. A severed heart made me an emotional amputee. I was feeling hopeless and defeated. Constant failure opened up a hole inside of me. A cycle of abuse endlessly repeated. Another love story ending up in tragedy. I gave up everything by always giving in to you. Finally, I realized the pain in my neck is from where you sunk your teeth into wow wow that carries
0: a lot of weight right there man wow wow thank you
1: thank you so much
0: that wow wow i appreciate it (laughs) now was that like a particular thing or situation or is that like a piece that just came out of the fly kind of thing like that's
1: wow uh yeah kind of based based on reality in my life you know okay. situation in my life it's a pretty it's actually a pretty emotional close piece but glad i got to share it
0: <laughs> no no doubt you should definitely post that one day man i think i oh my god that is such a powerful piece man wow
1: i will I do you know that. I will, i'll do a double i'll post it promote it say hey you want to hear this red live you got to listen to andy morales then <laughs> sessions
0: <laughs> oh my God no thank you bro. I appreciate that
1: man mm-hmm. but that
0: that's a definitely wow man that's very deep man I thank you for sharing that with me no appreciate and it's like it, that weight like that weight I think is what's really that caught my attention was the weight of that because the whole pain in the neck thing I feel like that's how a burden can feel like. like it's such a pain in the neck that i can't keep my head straight no more now it's like Mm -hmm. it's getting to a point where my 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 head's going down and now it's bending my back kind of thing that's the way that speaks spoke to me i feel like that's how burdens are and it's like it's hard when you have to carry that burden and the worst part about it is when you have to carry a burden that wasn't even yours to begin with like that's the thing that sucks also
1: right right And and i do feel like i've carried multiple burdens you know the I mean, my mother, like I have spoke to earlier, was, you know, abusive. But, but I've always, as an only child, I've always protected her. And to this day, I'm still there for her. And I, I've learned to have boundaries. Um, And that was the most important thing that saved our relationship. But, yeah, that's uh, – it was important. You know, it's – Wow. It's
0: not – that's, that's – uh... No, that's amazing man I, that's good that you were able to save that relationship you know with your mom and stuff like that I, that's there's a lot of people who don't even have the opportunity to do that so the fact that you were able to do that that to me is very inspiring like that's
1: great man Right. same it, with you same with you and your father you know you got that five years and that's that's the most important most beautiful thing
0: yeah like you know what I, I don't like how he died but I understand why that had to happen that way if that makes yeah. sense
1: like I get it huh? now Yes, I'm sorry that it had to happen like that to you.
0: Nah, but you know, I'm actually at peace though. Like, you know, I thought I was going to get emotional because I went to, because my father got buried in Puerto Rico. So um, I finally went on my birthday weekend with my brother mm-hmm. and my mom. And I said, you know, I, I haven't seen my father since I buried him. Let me actually go. And I actually felt okay. Like, I thought I was going to get emotional. I thought I was going to really feel some type of way because, you know, I haven't visited him since then. And it's still, like, go there and it's like I'm actually okay I didn't get hmm. sad i'm like you know what lord I got you because if any i feel like that was my closure like i didn't have anything else to worry about anymore i feel like that was the closure i needed because like you know what? I know he's in a better place he's not he's not suffering no more he he's not just being vulnerable anymore and he's just he's just he's chilling he's in the heavens he's chilling like he's doing his thing you know and I was actually okay Absolutely. with that so, brother um, Edward, thank you so much for being a guest here. I appreciate you. God bless you, man. And um,
1: let's do this again soon, man. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I'd love to do it again. Only love to all. All right. No doubt, man. So, everybody, thank
0: you so much for joining us for Episode 3 of the Jam Sessions Live. Uh, let's do this soon. Peace.